Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Bump your neighbor, tell them, now what? And you can be seated. Now what? That's the story of my life. Now what? What now? Now what? What should we do now? Well, Easter Sunday was wonderful. We have all kinds of people who give their heart to Jesus. Uh, we have people that, that are young in God. Then we have people who have been living for God for, you know, 20, 30, maybe longer than that. 30 years, maybe longer than that. But the question remains... What now? Now what? what? What do I do with my life? And uh, this morning I want to talk about three key components to Christianity. Three key components to what living for God really means. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Everybody say creature. creature. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. When you became a Christian, when you said yes to Jesus, you became a new creature. And on planet Earth of the humankind, there have only been three types of creatures. Creature one, or or the creation type one, would be Adam and Eve. Just like you and me, born, uh, uh, made in the likeness and image of God. However, they were not born in sin because they were actually created by God. The Bible says that God took his shadow. uh, Well, one translation indicates it in the Hebrew. But it's like he took his shadow and he formed man out of his shadow. He stood him up and then he blew the pneuma. He blew the wind of God into the lungs of mankind. And now the life of man... Uh, became uh, the life of man was actually the life of God, came from the breath of God. Uh, Woman was made from man. The Bible says that God uh, made Adam go to sleep and he took a rib out of Adam's side and he created a woman named Eve, uh, uh, formed her. And the Bible says that Adam looked at her and he says, I'm going to call her woman. She is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. The two became one flesh, the Bible says, and they began to populate the earth. Uh, The interesting thing about Adam and Eve is, is that they did not have sin in their life at this time. So they were not like you and me. They were not born in sin. The Bible says that everybody after Adam and Eve are born in sin. In other words, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you've ever sinned at least one time in your life, just lift one hand. And if you don't lift your hand, yikes. If you've sinned today, no, don't do that. So Adam and Eve were the first type. Then the Bible says that uh, along came the devil and and they had everything you could imagine. They could eat from every tree. They they uh, They could eat all the fruit from the garden except for one specific tree. They had a job to do. They were to procreate. They were to, uh, Adam was to tend the garden. Uh, They were to take dominion over the whole earth. And God kind of made Adam and Eve the overseers of this creation called earth. And and the enemy came in and he began to whisper into them uh, and and speak to Eve specifically. 
uh, but specifically began to entice them and point out what they did not have access to when they only they had access to everything God had ever created except he had said, I want you to leave this one thing alone which is a, a form and type, type and shadow of the first fruits or the tithe. In other words, there is a portion that is always set apart for God. And if you will listen to the devil, he will try to make you focus on the one portion that God has set apart for himself and you will ignore the 90% that he has given you free access to. So the devil whispers in their ear and uh, uh, they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and instantly they were aware of their nakedness. They were aware that, that, that they were not clothed because before that moment, they had never sinned. So there was, it'd be, think about a little baby. When a little baby is six months old and throws their bottle on the ground, did that little baby sin? Absolutely not. That baby doesn't know any better. It's the same with Adam and Eve. Whenever they were born, whenever they were created, they had no balance of the knowledge of good and evil. Therefore, they could not sin. The only thing they could have done that would be sin would be to disobey God, which they did. Now, they became sinners, the second creation. The first creature had no sin. Humanity had no sin. The second creature, humanity that is stained by sin. But the Bible says right here when Paul writes to the church of Corinth, he says, any man, any person that is in Christ is a new creature. In other words, you are not what you were. You are now a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away and everything has become new in your life. So you cannot be like Adam and Eve because you're born after them and we're all born in sin. You, the, the other side of it is, is you didn't have a choice to be born in sin. The Bible says by one man's sin, sin plagued humanity. Therefore, it's completely lawful that by one man's obedience, sin was destroyed on the cross. There are three types of creatures. You cannot be the one born without sin. So before you say yes to Jesus... You're a human stained by sin. But as soon as you say yes to Jesus Christ, now you become a new creature in Christ. Number one, if you're taking notes. When you become a Christian, you are delivered. Delivered uh, by Webster's Dictionary. At least one of the translations says, saved, rescued, or set free. When you become delivered by God, You are saved, you are rescued, and you are set free. However, God did not save you to put you on the shelf. Somebody say amen. Amen. God didn't save you to sit you on the sidelines. God didn't save you so that you could just smile and then one day go to heaven. Uh, God saved you so that you would be an ambassador in this dispensation, in this kingdom of the kingdom of heaven because you are not what you used to be. You are a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. The problem is you still look like you. Half of you still sound like you, glory to God. But when you are delivered, you are not what you were. You, when you are delivered by God, you are a completely new thing. And therefore, you got to move on to step two. Everybody say step two. If you're taking notes, disciple. You are delivered to be discipled. 
And discipled literally means a disciplined one. Ooh, that's almost like a cuss word in church now. Discipline. A disciplined one. Jesus, and I'll show you real quickly. Uh, in John chapter number 8, the Bible says that he comes across a lady who they, they take her and they drag her in the street or actually into the middle of the temple and they throw her on the ground and they say, Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery and we're about to throw some rocks at her and we're going to really teach her a lesson. And, and Jesus is like, well, hold the phone here. He says, how about the person who has never sinned, let them cast the first stone. Now all of a sudden, the guys holding the stones, their hands begin to sweat. And they think, hang on just a minute. I, I, I remember that one time, or actually that lots of times, and they begin to drop the rocks. And all the, before it's over, all of the accusers of this young lady have left. And Jesus was standing there. And what's interesting is, is based off of what Jesus said, let the person who has never sinned cast the first stone. Somebody who has never sinned, it would be lawful for them to cast the first stone. In other words, Jesus could have, but he chose not to. The scripture says long about verse uh, 11 in John 8, says, uh, uh, ma'am, verse 10, I believe it says, where are your accusers? She says, they have left. He said, listen to this. Jesus said, neither do I, neither do I condemn you. But then he said something real interesting. Go and sin no more. He delivered her, and then he immediately began the process of discipleship. Disciplined life. Maybe you say it like this. Maybe you say, you know what, Pastor? Years ago I gave my heart to God, or maybe it was last week, and I'll be honest with you, I just feel the same. I, I felt so good when, when I heard that message, and I, I felt so good when my friend told me about Jesus. But for whatever reason, I feel the same. When I walk out of here, I, I, I still have the same things. I still have the same thoughts. And, and I would just say it like this. If you're going to be a new creature, you've got to act like a new creature. If you're going to be a new creation in Christ, you've got to act like a new creation in Christ. You've been saved. You've been rescued. And you've been set free. And you've, done, you've been rescued to be different. You were not, if your old track was what you should have been, God would have just patted us all on the back and say, oh, work it out best you can. But he said, no, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And when you become new, let me tell you something, only a fool treats something new the way you treat something old. I've got a tractor. Let me tell you about my tractor. This might take me a minute. My tractor is red. It is four-wheel drive. My tractor has a front-end loader, and I don't know what it'll pick up, but it's picked up everything I've tried to pick up. My tractor has an air conditioner. Somebody say amen. amen. My tractor has a heater. My tractor has a radio. My tractor has tilt steering. My tractor has a seat that bounces up and down over the bumps. My tractor has another seat for my children while they ride in my tractor with me. And let me tell you something. About two weeks ago, maybe three, there was this crazy report that, that the Brazos Valley was going to have tornadoes and hail and all these other things come, right? 
And I remember thinking in my spirit, I don't believe that's going to happen. I'm going to pray against that. And we Because they said it was going to happen on Sunday morning. And the devil always tries to make storms happen on Sunday morning because he don't want you going to church. Because if you don't grow, you don't go, you don't grow. So I'm sitting there, I'm praying. I said, God, I just come completely against this in the name of Jesus. And I was full of faith. And then I walked right out of my house. I backed my car out of my, dry, out of my carport. And I put my brand new tractor in my carport. <laughs> my God can deliver me from hell. But if he does not, it's not my tractor going to get hit. It's that old pickup truck going to get hit. <laughs> because you don't treat something that's new Get this now. You don't treat something that's new. Only a fool treats something that is new the way you treat something that is old. You go walking outside and you got your old tennis shoes on or your old boots on and you see a mud hole and you don't even think about it. You buy you a new pair of shoes, you start thinking, well, I can ruin these socks, but I ain't getting these shoes messed up, glory to God. Because they're new. When you become a Christian, old things are supposed to pass away and you have become new. That means you don't walk through the same nasty mud holes you used to walk through. You don't treat everything the way you used to treat it. Because you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and everything has become new. Number one, you are set free. You are delivered. Number two, you are to be discipled. And discipleship, as much as uh, uh, we would like to make that decision for everybody that we come in contact with, that is a personal decision that everybody's got to make for themselves. You've got to choose to be in the house of God. You've got to choose to tell people what Jesus has done in your life. You've got to choose to make prayer a priority in your life. You've got to choose to make praying over your food, even if you're at a restaurant, a priority in your life. You've got to choose to follow after God. You've got to choose. Discipleship is being disciplined, even when discipline does is not necessarily comfortable. But if you want to be everything God has called you to be, when you are delivered, you have to immediately give in the discipleship track around here we do it like this we have a first touch team that everything happens through it's every volunteer at this church and you've never been blessed unless you have served the house of God and when you begin to serve the house of God now all of a sudden what happens is you get around other people of like faith and sparks start flying and you say yeah I know them kind of Christians that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about iron sharpening iron I'm talking about good things happening. I'm talking about you talking about what God's done in your life. Somebody else talking about what God's done in their life. Then we've got these, we have life groups available so that you can get amongst people that love you, that will build you up. When you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you're not going through there alone. All because discipleship is the key to the next level and the next step in God. And it all has a reason. Every bit of it is tied together and it's not my plan, it's not your plan, it's God's plan. Everything God has done in your life for up to this moment is not simply for you, but you are a partaker thereof. But everything that God has done in your life is because when you get delivered... And you begin to put yourself in a position where you are discipled. 
You begin to become more disciplined in the things of God. You don't act the same way. I'm not telling you got to, got to, got to get a different haircut, even though mine's pretty good. <laughs> what I am saying is if you act the same way that you did with the old you, what you're going to find out is before you know it, just like a new pair of shoes that goes through the mud, you don't look like the new you anymore. And then you start going, well, well, why? How come I said yes to Jesus? I did this. Well, did you walk around the mud or did you just chomp right through it, Buford? It becomes a different situation because you don't treat something that is new. Like, and it doesn't matter. Look, new car, new shoes. New... Crystal bought some new pots not too long ago. And she said, now don't use this spatula with this pot. Use this spatula with this pot. <laughs> I said, I like this spatula. She said, no, that's a new pot. That's an old spatula. I said, baby, you don't treat something that is new, listen, like you treat something that is old. Mm -hmm. And all of this is because God delivers us that we might be disciplined mm -hmm. because at the end of it all, it's because you are called, you are rescued yeah. for number three, to be deployed you are delivered you're called to be discipled all so that you will be deployed go ye into all the Jesus is, is the only guy that can make it make sense to say follow and go at the same time follow me go ye Follow me, go ye. You follow him, but you go into all the world preaching the gospel, proclaiming the good news. You say, but all the people that I know, they've been so hurt in church. Christians have done this. Thank God we're not asking them to follow Christians. We're asking them to follow Christ. Say, church is, is filled with hypocrites. Correct. Thank God we have a place where we can get together. We don't follow after man. We follow after him. And you are delivered. You're called to be discipled so that you can be deployed. Deployed means sent out on a mission. I don't want to personalize this too much, but I didn't come to Bryan College Station to build a church to build a crowd. I came to Bryan College Station to build a church to build an army. An army of believers that are so committed and so focused on building the local church because we understand that it's Jesus' plan. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. An army of believers so that when you have a rough day, so that when you have one of those days, you've got a place where somebody will weep with you. You've got a place where when something good happens and you get, a, you get a new tractor, somebody will rejoice with you. And if you don't know how cool it is to get a new tractor, go buy one. But we came to build an army. Somebody say an army. You didn't get saved so you could sit on a black chair and look at me smile all Sunday long. 
got delivered, you're in the process of getting discipled. What do you mean the process? I mean, you'll never be finished until your, the, your name is called on that roll up yonder. It'll never be over for you. God will constantly just be chipping away at all that stuff. But it's your decision to be discipled. Wasn't it interesting that when Jesus met the disciples, that we call the disciples the twelve? Like Peter, when he saw him in his boat, he goes, follow me. Peter had a choice. I'm either going to follow Jesus or I'm not. God will deliver you. But you have to choose to be discipled. And if you keep acting like the old you before you know it, you'll look like the old you. You take those new shoes and wear them in the mud, they'll look just like the old shoes. You say, what do you mean? I mean, he called you, he delivered you, and he is discipling you so that you can be different than what you were before, so that you can be a beacon for those that don't know him. So that you can be eventually and immediately deployed. This is where we gather and huddle and build each other up and talk about the goodness of God. But out there is where we act like the church. This we call, you know, all churches are called churches, the building. But this is a building. Bump your neighbor and say, you're the church. Bump your other neighbor and say, you're the church too. Out there is where we do it. We're deployed. So what do you mean? I mean, you tell somebody what God did for you. Well, how do I do that? You just say, hey, can I tell you something? Or you stay, you, you stay sensitive to, if somebody says something at work, you say, man, I, I'm really going through it. You have the option. You can either just slap them on the back and say, man, that's tough. Or you can say, man, I'm going to pray for you. Amen. And if it's the right environment, you can say, I can pray for you. And if you'd like, I'll pray for you right now. What if they say no? What if they say yes? Is it worth risking a little bit of an uncomfortable environment potentially for somebody's soul? We're not here to build a crowd. We're here to build an army. Grab some of those invite cards on the way out and just get real good at it. Here's one of the tactics I use. I walk up and I go, hey, do you go to New Heights Church? No, I don't. Man, you should. I tell you what. I give him a card. I stop at a, at a parking lot. I'm sticking that sucker under every uh, door handle and, and windshield wiper close to me. There's a lot of places I go almost every day, and there's a lot of cars that probably have about 30 of those things sitting in their ashtray. <laughs> but you're not delivered and discipled, so you can come in here and, you know, just... Glow in the Shekinah glory of God. That's part of the kingdom. But all this takes place so that you can be deployed. Everybody say deployed. Deployed. Helping not just other Christians. Because sometimes being a helping hand is the thing that's going to help convert somebody who is not a Christian to become a Christian. You're deployed. We didn't come here to build a crowd. We came to build an army, an army of believers that are committed to building the local church. An army of believers that are committed, listen to this, 
to lean on faith in difficult times. An army of believers that are committed to lean on faith during difficult times. You are delivered. You're being discipled. And you have been deployed. You are a new creature. You're not what you used to be. That means even though you might be going through some of the same stuff, you should not go through it the way you went through it before you became a new creature. Now when I go through things, I go through things in faith. What do you mean? I said, well, I, you know, I'm having trouble at work. I'm having trouble with a job. But, but, but I know that my God supplies my needs according to His riches and glory. So even though I can't see it right now, I'm just thanking Him for supplying my needs. You're still going through it. You're just going through it in faith. And then when you come to the house of God and somebody comes in and they have an issue and you've had the same issue, you can grab them by the arm and you can say, let me tell you what God will do in your life. See, years ago I had that exact same thing and God delivered me just like He said and let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to stand in faith for you until this thing breaks. An army of believers that lean in faith. We don't just go through life. What's the point? I like some pressure. Because pressure produces potential. You take a water hose, turn it on full blast, it'll shoot it about five feet. Stick your thumb over it and put some pressure on that exact same hose, exact same water. Now you can shoot it 25 feet in the air and spray your kids from across the yard. Because pressure produces potential, but only if you lean in faith and you don't back up into the same old you that you used to be because you have to constantly remind yourself, I'm not what I used to be. I'm a new creature. He told Abram, you're going to have to get away from some people. The reason you're going to have to get away from some people is because they're not going to recognize you anymore. You're different. When I touch you, you're different. The Bible says that, that God, that an, the angel of the Lord met with a man named Jacob. Uh, uh, Jacob in the Bible touched him on the hip and he never walked the same after that. When God touches you, you should walk different as well. But if you act like old you, you're going to look like old you. But if you act like new you, Even if nobody around recognizes, if you decide to act like new you, you'll experience the blessings of the kingdom. And then what will happen is you'll recognize you're delivered. You'll recognize you're being discipled. And you'll willingly be deployed for the kingdom. Because when you become a part of of this army... All of our battles, it's what we would call a rigged fight. We never lose. Somebody said never lose. So you don't understand. I, I had somebody and they went to heaven early. Let me just tell you something. Heaven is not a penalty. 
That's why the apostle uh, Paul said, for me to live is Christ to you, but for me to die is to gain. I'm not scared of golden streets and being in the presence of Jesus Christ. I'm not scared of living in a mansion. I'm not scared of seeing my friends and family who've gone before us. I'm not scared of never having to wear sunglasses because the light of that city is the Son of God Himself. I'm not scared of a river uh, that's full of life. I'm not scared of seeing uh, beautiful seas that are so beautiful they're described as crystal or glass. I'm not scared of being in the presence of God. This is not a penalty. For me to live is Christ, but for me is gain. What are you threatening me with anyway? Well, you know, this could happen. I could lose my job. If you landed in a ditch, Jesus would be right there with you. And anywhere He is, is better than you could be without Him. You're delivered. Somebody say, I'm delivered. I'm being discipled. You say it. And I'm being deployed. You see, when you take those three keys to Christianity and you purposely apply them to your life not only does everything begin to shift but you begin to walk in a strength that is not your own one of my favorite things to read about in the scripture is when the apostles would write like this and they would say you know I've found where I'm the weakest that's where his strength is most prevalent in my life to the point that I now boast in my weakness because I know in my weakness His strength will show itself strong. In your life, in my life, your weakness might be the very place that God's trying to show Himself the strongest. So instead of it uh, uh, being a liability, your weakness might be your greatest asset. Because where you decide, I can't do it, now you realize only He can do it. And everything begins to shift. Stand to your feet, please. We've had a great day already. First service was just great. You guys have been wonderful. But before we leave, I want to give you the opportunity to be prayed for. We're going to have prayer partners that will come up right here to the front in just a minute. And I believe in the name of Jesus Christ that if you're sick in your body today, today is the day you're going to be healed. If you have a relationship that you know it would just be better off if God would get right in the middle of it and you want to bring that to the Lord, nothing weird's going to happen to you. All we're going to do is we're going to have some wonderful, nice people standing right up here. They're going to grab your hands. They're going to pray a prayer of faith. Maybe you have a big decision to make. Maybe you're trying to find a job or maybe you're trying to find a better job. When the Bible says if two people touch and agree, they can have anything that they ask God for. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We honor you. We worship you today. I ask, Lord God, that as we come to you in prayer for just a moment, as we come to you in prayer, that you would meet our needs, that you would meet the needs of the people. I pray in the name of Jesus that your presence would overwhelm us. Let, let today be the day of answers in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. If that's you and you know you'd be better off if God would get right in the middle of your situation, come right up here to the front. Meet one of these prayer partners. Let them pray a prayer of faith in and over your life. Don't come to the house of God and leave the same. We'd love to pray for you. 
We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to believe God for that family member who's gone astray. If you've got a bad report from the doctor, maybe you've got somebody that's going to be traveling. We'd love to pray for that person that's going to be traveling. We're just believing God in the name of Jesus that today's the day that something good's going to happen. Amen? Come on, let's worship the Lord. If you don't need prayer, let's sing. church lift your hands just a few more minutes then we're going to dismiss but let's touch heaven before we go yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord it is, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Your presence is heaven to me. Your presence is heaven to me. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. If you're here today, you're not right with God. You're not living right. You're not doing right. Jesus is not Lord of your life. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. I'm going to pray with you that Jesus would come into your life because the discipleship and the deployment, they're, they're, they don't matter if you're not delivered. Somebody say amen. It doesn't matter at all if you're not delivered. When your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, all of your sins are washed away and you really become that new creature just like uh, 2 Corinthians said there. So maybe you'd say it differently. You'd say, you know what, that's me, preacher. Or maybe you'd say, I used to walk strong with God, but I'm backslidden. I'm like the prodigal son. God still might be my Savior, but maybe I haven't been a good friend to Him. And I just want to come home to my Father's house. If that's you today, I'd love to include you in this prayer. Please bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you say, that's me, preacher. I feel it burning in my heart. I want to give my heart to God for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time. If that's you and I count to three, lift your hand and with an uplifted hand, you're saying, oh God, remember me. And he really will. One, two, three. Lift your hand. I see that hand. Keep him up high. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? We'll pray in just a moment. 
I don't see anyone else. Let's pray this. Matter of fact, church, let's all pray it together. Say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead. For my victory, I'm delivered. I will be discipled and I'm ready to be deployed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give God a big hand of praise. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.